Welcome to another episode of Global U Talks, where college-age entrepreneurs travel the world and interview experts in technology, entrepreneurship, and the kingdom way of life. Uh, it'd be fun to talk about what Ethan and I were talking about earlier, which is, you know, what is our hope as a tribe? Like, can a remnant from the younger generation do church better than we boomers did it? Because we didn't do it, you know, the Ezekiel passage, can these bones live? Mm -hmm. Can the church, at least in America, can a remnant rise up and do what, you know, the former generation didn't do so well? Like, we, we've lost community in America. Forget the church. We, we've lost community. And uh, when we kind of... Uh, come out of our bomb shelters, is there going to be something that looks like community that we're, that we move toward? Or do we get back on our iPhones and, and call that virtual community? Do we, do we opt for that? What is your thought? <laughs> no, that's a big question. First of all, I'd just like to say hello to everyone. Um, seeing a lot of faces I haven't seen in a long time. I would love to know how you are all doing. I know that you've into Thailand and Nicaragua since last we talked. Hi, Andrew and Jacob down there. Are you guys in a separate house by yourselves or do you have other people there as well? So are there, what are there, two houses? Technically three, three houses. Three houses, okay. And are, are you just living with people in Gainesville or did you just rent a bunch of houses real quick or? It, it's actually worked out really well. Okay, awesome. And I can't hear anyone. Um, maybe they're all muted, I guess. Here we are. Uh, okay. All right. Hey guys, how are you? Who is still working on their companies? Is every, I mean, is, are all the companies that you launched still going? Is, is two of them. Yeah. Did, is anybody revenueing? Does anybody have any revenue? Web solutions. Lexi does. Okay. Wow. That's cool. So Lexi, you were able to get to product and revenue. Yes, sir. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. All right. I'd be very curious. I know that you've been speaking with Jessica Taylor at Shop at the Well. We had a conversation about what you guys uh, were up to. So Yeah, she was awesome. So good. she was giving me some of your advice. I loved it. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> you can say I already got that directly. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. And Clink, was it? Was it Clink? Yes, sir. And uh, we're, we're moving. <laughs> app, is, app is launched. Like, can I download it? Do you have an iPhone or an Android? iPhone. Okay, so that'll be out in, I don't know. We submitted our app to, to Apple and then got rejected because they don't want us, like setting up donors in the app, they want us to redirect to a website. Ah, interesting. So they want a, some like business logic change. Interesting, and so, so can you actually receive donations or? Yes. That and are you? I say the problem is everybody uses iPhones who we're trying to get uh, to because like obviously most of the world uses Android, but most Americans use iPhones. Yeah, yeah. Um, and the thing is too is to be a donor, you also have to have an Android. Right now you can't because the app goes both ways. Uh, so nobody both uses an yeah. Android and has all their donors use Android. Got it. Okay. So, yeah. So we got to get approvals. Right. Okay. But all we're right. talking to organizations like nonprofits and stuff. I talked to Children's Hope Chest yesterday. Yeah. Okay. To try to get some of their like more longer term missionaries. Yeah, yeah. Um, on so. 
Yeah, everybody's missionaries are in a weird state of flux right now. So it's like, what are we, what are we raising money for? We're not sure if we're going back out. We don't know where we are. So it is a very challenging time in the world to be doing much business. So a little bit of update on us here. We are obviously in, in like crazy lockdown here in Spain, not allowed out of the house unless you are going to get groceries or go to the pharmacy. I sneak into the Epi every day because my house is a madhouse with seven kids under the age of nine. We have our four, obviously, but then we have three people. Do any of you know Daniel and Bex Haverkos? Were they, they were here for a little while. Did they do anything in your class in the fall? No, sir. They were, they were here. We overlapped, but okay. I don't think they did anything specific with us. So they came for specifically the month of March, but then got stuck here. So they cannot get out of here. And there are no flights out of Spain to really anywhere now, unless you want to like call the embassy and get on some sort of like C-130 plane or something, which hasn't really been necessary for us. Plus the last, you know, some of those have been costing crazy amounts of money. So they're stuck here at our place, and so the kids are crazy. So I sneak into the Epi in the morning, and then I leave the Epi and go to Oroski to get a bag of groceries to walk past the police and show them my groceries uh, so that they will not arrest me or find me. The, the, yeah, the lockdown here is very, very serious. We have been in this state for almost four weeks, and we, we, it started on March the 15th, I guess. And, you know, yesterday we may have crossed, I mean, it appears we've crossed the peak. There was about a thousand deaths a day for a little while. And now that has dropped down to about 750. So uh, there's really no end in sight for us though, because every time we get to the end of the two week, you know, quarantine, they add two more weeks on. So right now we're supposed to be in here until April the 26th, but no one has been able to present a plan that makes any sense on how people are going to get out. <laughs> Of this. So we will see. Uh, Diamondback, my company in Pennsylvania, is closed down as well. They have been shut down for multiple weeks. That has been a bit of a nightmare, although everybody, you know, we, we've been able to get everybody paid and we are dealing with the stimulus package to access funds and try to figure out how to pay people without making revenue. And so there's only so long that you can you know, not make revenue. <laughs> the stimulus package is designed to, to help people kind of get through this season and, and it at least helps you pay your employees and pay some rent. Are you, have you guys had any other business leaders come and just talk to you about like what, how, they're, how they're handling this, this present crisis? I mean, it's a crazy time to be thinking about starting a business, but fortunately you have not already started your businesses to massive extents and you don't have like giant payrolls, but. Yes, we have. We've had, we talk every morning with uh, Marty. Schaff style. The, uh, yeah, he's up in Harrisburg. I know him. Yeah, exactly. he, so, how is the wine business? I feel like the wine business is doing really well. <laughs> <laughs> well, they had to move to delivery. So now they're, he, they're buying vans and they're delivering wine. All the time. Wow. So. Yeah. I mean, because in Pennsylvania, they, they shut down manufacturing because that's not an essential service, but they kept the bigger distributors open for sure because that is an essential service. So, I mean, what really sucks about the present way that this is being rolled out is that it's not being rolled out federally. So 
my many of most of my competition lives in states that are able to still make product and so it's been horrible because not only are we you know we are we can't make the orders that we're getting customers that need product something to 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 function on their truck in a short amount of time are now going to competitors because over in Ohio you can make product but in Pennsylvania you cannot so it's really really a frustrating landscape for business. Businesses do not like uncertainty and we have a lot of uncertainty. Still, the, the stock market seems to have been like, re- whoever's running the stock market is not Marty Schaffstall because they are seeing nothing but like roses and sunshine on the horizon. I have no idea how, but the, the market seems to have stabilized and, and going up. So the question that Seth asked me had nothing to do with business or the collapse of the local economy or your businesses. It had to do with the church in America. And I guess I'd really like to just get your opinions on, you know, what, if anything, does this crisis change for your generation? Like, like, does it change anything at all? Or, you know, will, is everybody just waiting and to go back to normal? As I personally think as far as young people go, I think we all, we were already, they're talking about how, you know, like the church was collapsing, you know, like the institutional yeah. church. But I think that a, ch- a church, just like from what I was sort of, I guess, seeing was like more uh, like a church that wasn't institutional, but one that was based in people who wanted, they didn't want a mass produced relationship. They wanted an actual community. And I think churches like that were being created and that obviously not at the rate that the institutional church was being, I guess, destroyed by young people. But I think this could very well be a catalyst in terms of like people are just realizing that I think the I think they could very well realize the value of real human interaction mm-hmm. and actual community, um, especially too as we're the most anxious, you know, stress generation ever. So having an actual community to lean on, I think, and this is gonna like I said, catalyze that is going to be very important for people mm-hmm. in our generation, at least, I think. So I don't think we'll go back to 100% normal immediately. Yeah. I mean, have you guys connected with some of your friends? Well, I guess I have a question. How many of you actually, you know, went to an institutional church yourselves or, or found that that was like where you were going? Well, I see one. Institutional church. <laughs> So when I say an institutional church, I mean a traditional church, uh, Sunday morning, you know, it's, it looks like most of you did. And so you would not be part of the people dismantling the local church, I suppose. <laughs> um, but certainly the statistics of your, of your generation are such that, that, you know, very, very, you know, many, many, many young people were leaving a Sunday service type building centered church. The, the, the interesting thing about this present situation is that like all of those churches have now gone online. <laughs> and, uh, and so you're, it's sort of like we're watching the worship band play and we're watching the everybody's pastor has now become a televangelist. I guess the, the question that many of us are asking is what, what is normal look like on the other side of this? Yeah. Do, are we going to get back to just kind of like life, life as it was? You guys in particular have encountered a different level of community because you are living with one another. <laughs> and maybe you've found that that has been helpful in this time or yes, no? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Sure. 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 
I mean, do you have friends that are isolated by themselves yeah. that you're chatting with? Yeah. yeah. How are they doing it? They're just sort of like in their house trying to Skype with people, getting bored. Yeah. I, I feel like now is kind of the breaking point. And like you were saying, like we're really blessed to have a community, but I think people are kind of like they're crazy. So I see the church going into different ways. Uh, maybe people that weren't actually following Jesus will drop up, but the ones who, uh, like I think there's going to be people that take their faith more seriously and we'll see a rise in radical Christians, I guess you could call it. So I see like mm -hmm. no more lukewarm Christians. Like if you don't want to be there, you won't be there. But then I do see a rise in people craving human interaction and everything Jesus is like to rise from that. Yeah. Do you see any of your friends or people you know sort of rethinking their life? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I've seen just a lot of posts and a lot of people who are losing their jobs. It's a really, it's an insane season in that we have sort of a, 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 a massive transition that's sort of been forced upon thousands and millions of people yeah. where if they didn't want to make a change because they were scared now that change has been thrust upon them and some people will obviously get their jobs back but a lot of people will not a lot of people will you know this will be a, a forced total transition yeah hey ethan i have a question hey how are you mary Good. So I know at least being in a lot of people in the world race, global U adventures community, we're very quick to have hope in revival for a lot of the churches, a lot of the Christian community in America during this time. Do you think that a lot of other churches or other people in the world are taking that approach? Because I, I don't know about anyone else. I just feel like we're kind of in a little bit of a bubble, even though we're in America, because we're still in quarantine and all these things. So I'm just curious what the temperature read is on the rest of the world? Yeah, I would say that as far as outside of the U.S., I can't speak too much to it. I'm not certainly hearing anything here in Spain that's like, oh, revival is coming. Within, within anybody who's in sort of any sort of charismatic circle in America, uh, revival is sort of always coming. <laughs> and so... You know, to the extent that they can get, if there's any sort of global or, or significant event that can be uh, uh, latched onto that revival is coming, they will do that. And there's a strong sense that that is the case, again, with this time. I think this one is slightly different in that we are, we are, we do believe, you know, and I, I would say that for all of the people that I know, there is a strong sense that there's a that god can god is going to bring an amazing good out of this and that people are going to you know begin to evaluate what's important in life and what they actually want uh out of their life and and i think it's going to change their perspective on well i think really it depends on how long this goes you know I, from from what i believe i think it's going to go on for a pretty decent amount of time and it's going to pretty drastically change people's lives if it were to stop tomorrow and everything go back to normal i think we'd probably people would probably just sort of pick up where they left off but yeah i do think that that in the western church there is a there is a strong sense that something is wrong and that this will give us the opportunity possibly to to choose a different way, you know, as, as, as a society. As far as the rest of the world goes, I've not heard that, you know, even the guy I was just on the phone with Brant and the guys in India, 
and they do sense the opportunity to show love, you know, in, in many ways and the opportunity to take care of needs, which I think honestly, that's, if you want to know why revival births out of crisis, revival births out of crisis, at least from my perspective and from the church history that I've been reading in that people who may not have in the past been able to receive love or to experience kindness or the mercy of others or the, the love of God coming toward them now all of a sudden can experience it and they're, they're seeking it. They're, they're seeking hope. They're seeking something and they turn to the father and they actually receive it. And in, in many ways, it's the way that the Christians, like if you look at the way that the church exploded in Rome, it exploded during plagues. And because during plagues, the Christians would go out and care for the sick and they would put themselves in harm's way to take care of the dead bodies. And they would just be insanely bold with the way that they would carry on their life despite uh, the chance of dying. And certainly in, in one of the major plagues toward the end of the persecution of Christians before Christianity became the official religion of Rome, the, the the Roman priests were like lamenting to the to the Pope that like we're going to lose all of our people because they're all becoming what they called atheists, by which they meant people who no longer believed in the Roman gods, uh, because they're seeing the way that these Christians act and live in spite of the, the the consequences that are there, and so I think that it's an opportunity for Christians to to rise up to meet needs to stand in the gap to do things that show the love of Christ in a radical ways at great risk or cost to themselves. And that usually awakens people to the God that we have inside of us. And that's usually how revival begins to birth. I hope you guys are praying into that. I know your elders are praying into that. It's something we wonder and, and really our lives are kind of committed to the proposition that there will be a better day for the church. We will see a different kind of church, and you guys are going to help bring it. Thank you for listening to another episode of Global U Talks. If you enjoyed this episode or think a friend might enjoy it, go ahead and share it with them. Also, be sure to drop a review or hit the like button on SoundCloud, Spotify, iTunes, or your favorite listening app. It goes a long way to help us out. And if you're interested in reading the transcript, head on over to theglobalu.org slash talks where you will find the transcript of every episode, as well as the opportunity to join in on the conversation live. You can join our live episodes every Tuesday and Thursday at 9 a.m. Eastern. You'll be able to ask questions, meet the community, and talk with the host. I hope to see you there.